It is early in the 21st century. On the planet Earth, a handful of powerful media conglomerates are releasing high-profile entertainment franchises with the aim of ensnaring the attention of the huddled masses. A select few come forward in an attempt to examine, quantify, and make sense of this constant feed of high-concept genre entertainment. They are the geeks of the round table. This is their waffle. Good evening and uh, welcome to the round table where tonight uh, we are having some kind of sushi I detect uh, for we have squid on the table. Uh, I am joined mm. as ever by one Derek Crow and uh, to take a little sideways and just to do I mean it's almost like a checkbox exercise this one we're going to talk about squid 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 game squid squid game which we have both seen but cannot pronounce well I can't pronounce it can you pronounce squid game Derek squid game uh approached carefully there you go but but you know it counts emphasis on the mm. Mm, squid um, I do actually like uh, I, I once uh, just to and the people who made it cannot avoid this but I once uh, had uh, what was called a seafood basket uh, at a restaurant once uh, it was not like a really high class restaurant because everything in that seafood basket was covered in batter uh, but it was a small white fish in batter uh, some calamari and some scampi with uh, lashings of tartar sauce and chips, obviously. Uh, well, fries, chips, whatever you want to call them. It was UK, so it was chips. And, uh, yeah, it was absolutely one of the best meals I've ever eaten. So uh, so there we go. That's uh, that's my uh, squid story. Have you, have you enjoyed the calamari in your time, Derek? Uh, I don't remember if I've had calamari, honestly. I'm pretty sure I uh, have. Yeah, it's like little rubbery rings covered in batter that you dip in like garlic mayonnaise. It's, uh... I know I've had uh, macaroni and cheese with black ink, and that was fun. Okay, well, there we go. So, I mean, you know, squid. that You can eat them. You can play games about them if you're Korean. Um, and then you can make uh, horrendously violent uh, television shows, uh, which... Uh, follow the pattern. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, Squid Game. I think we should probably, before we get tucked into the actual thing itself, should mention that Squid Game is not an original concept uh, per se. Uh, it's been a. It's 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 been done a lot recently. We've had a lot of these shows. Uh, so the fact that Squid Game is such a phenomenon. Is I yeah. uh, can't say Squid Game can say phenomenon. Um, is like uh, maybe a bit of a. Sh- I think it, I don't think there's a single person who isn't surprised that Squid Game is is the success that it is. Um, I mean, you, I watched it because I knew what the premise was. I was planning to watch it anyway, but then it blew up. I was like, well, I'm going to have to properly watch it now, so I watched it. Uh, and my thoughts will come later. Uh, did you watch it uh, because you were already planning to watch it or out of peer pressure, Derek? Uh, it had come across my Netflix uh, recommended and I go, went ahead and put it on my list. And then about a week or two weeks later, it had blown up and it was everywhere. And I was like, and like you, I was like, I guess I'm going to have to watch this now. And uh, so I did and I binged it in like three or four days. And, uh, just to check here, had you watched Alice in Borderland prior to watching Squid Game? <laughs> no, it, uh, I had also put it on my watch list, but I did not uh, realize they were so similar. I've not seen it yet, but I've, I've 
I've been told I should watch it. Well, the exact <laughs> the exact story for me goes over Christmas last year. They put on a Korean drama called Sweet Home, which is, to okay. my mind, the superior of all three. Uh, but it is that isn't a, a, a fatal game show story. Uh, it, it's not a it's not another Asian Hunger Games. Uh, it is mm. uh, instead uh, presents itself first as being a zombie pandemic uh, chiller, with the twist uh, that it is set uh, in a tower block. And the people become besieged, and what happens to them? So, so far, that sounds as if it could be fairly grim. I mean, it is pretty grim, but I mean, it's as if it could be, you know, like like the two towers in the Lord of the Rings. Everybody's sitting around contemplating death in their in their prison, walled up under siege by these unholy armies. So, you know, right. okay, fair enough. I, we put it on and I don't even know why I think it's because there was just really nothing else to watch I thought hey we'll give this a go who knows it might be great and holy shit uh, I mean it was it was it was not zombies that was the first and most important part it was uh, sentient extra dimensional monsters that uh, possess people and rewrite their like genetics to turn them into like literal monsters and all different types as well like tall ones and short ones and zombified like dripping ones and ones that that ooze through the ventilator shafts and so you as a person you sort of go through these stages of infection and the last stage is that you turn into an actual monster and they're virtually impossible to kill um not like zombies where you just chop a bit off until they stop twitching they're hard to even chop bits off of to be honest and it was just like the fact that this like and and the fact is that one of the things that sets for me the evil dead for example apart from uh, other zombie movies is the fact that the zombies taunt people who they are attempting to also kill um and have they, they you know the, the the evil dead zombies are possessing the the people they're not they're not like just shambling munchers they they've actually got some right. kind of malicious intent and this is exactly the same in sweet home so sweet home is kind of like a crazy korean evil dead spin-off it is absolutely that sounds amazing i've it not is, no i ain't even heard of that it is so good uh, and so you're like sat on the edge of the seat for the whole series, and then at the end, you're like, Are they going to make another one? Or is this like, because the thing is, Korean people seem to take a, a very pragmatic view of making television series, which is that they'll just make it as if it's a mini series, and then if they get picked up for a second season, great. But either way, they'll make this kind of weird ending to the series, such as Squid Game has, which we shall get onto later. Right. Where you're like, well, you could stop it there, but then again, you could go on. And maybe you they shoot some scenes in case they get picked up, because there are some scenes that are very obviously like setting up for season two, where there are some scenes which are like, well, it's it's kind of like you've, they've achieved the season objective there. So that's fine. I, I feel that that's the way that they're coming at it. I could be completely wrong, but it doesn't feel like they're anticipating getting picked up. They just want to give people some entertainment, and if they want more, then they can have more. And if they don't, they don't. Which made what does wonders for the arc of a single series. I could tell you that. Um, and yeah, so it was great. So we were all pumped up. And we were like, yeah, crazy Asian dramas about crazy horror stuff. So we instantly ran into Alice in Borderland, which is basically sort of a Japanese take on Squid Game, but Squid Game hasn't been made yet. And besides right. which, both of them are just Battle Royale stroke Hunger Games stroke. I was say, have you ever seen Battle Royale? <laughs> yeah. What you, have, what, you haven't seen Battle Royale or you have? No, I was asking if you had, but then you brought it up. Yeah, 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 I know. Battle Royale. Uh, oh, yeah, all of this stuff. Series 7, The Contenders. Seen them all. Seen them all. Uh, even gone so far as to watch the uh, adaptations of uh, of Robert Sheckley's, like, The Seventh Victim or whatever it is from the, the 1970s or whatever. Uh, you ever heard of okay. that? Those, those ones? No. The, series 7, Not The Seventh Victim. Um, series 7, The... Um, the contenders 
the one that's closest to an adaptation of one of the basically robert sheckley was an author who wrote a lot of short stories for all the the markets and stuff and towards the end of his life he started to become obsessed with what is essentially the running man yeah as in the the arnold schwarzenegger okay although more like series seven the contenders so people were out in the world but they had people hunting them and blah 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 and it was sort of televised and it was supposed to be this kind of bread and circus thing and he wrote it as i think you know the seventh victim and then the 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 tenth victim and then a novelized i mean like a mini novel of the seventh and he just basically wrote this story about you know five or six times towards the end of his life became absolutely obsessed with it which is kind of weird Uh, and then i think i think he died before it well he definitely died before battle royale the hunger games like you know if you'd be alive now be like oh my god finally everyone gets it um but now but no he he sadly was ahead of his time in that regard um or maybe he was just getting dementia and it was expressing as writing fatal game show stories but yeah just to put i mean that's one way of processing that well you know i mean that's 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 the way it is um uh so i think i mean the point that i'm trying to make is that squid game is by no means like at all particularly original in its concept i shall later argue that there is something about the execution that i believe may be the crucial difference between uh squid game and literally all the others uh but we'll mm-hmm. come on to that um so yeah so what's your uh, fatal game show history i take it you've seen all the big ones like Iron man have you seen series seven no, I've really, it's actually been uh, the two Battle Royale films and uh, the first Hunger Games film. But not the others? No. I mean, I suppose we could also chuck the Maze Runner in there, but only the first one. Because after that, the guy who wrote the Maze Runner was like, well, you can't have them just do the Maze Runner thing repeatedly. Right. All the bo- Unlike the person who wrote the Hunger Games... Hand college went. Oh, I'll, I'll have one more crack at that then. Uh, before finally in the third one, go okay. I, th- I think I better abandon that now. I don't think I can just make three books of Hunger Games. Um, so yeah, uh, but I do weirdly enjoy these types of shows where uh, you're hoping people can get out of this the situation and it's just nigh impossible for so many of them. Yeah, it is, I, I mean, it's a weirdly fascinating thing we all love. Yeah, I mean, the two the two crucial things, obviously, to 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 mine out. Uh, you could, if you were so minded, lump uh, Jean Claude Van Damme opus Hard Target into this. Except, crucially, the game that is an adaptation of a of a short story called The Most Dangerous Game. And I think right. the crucial difference between that and Fatal Game Show movies is that the um, crazy rich people who are hunting men, you know, usually on an island, but in the case of a target around New Orleans, is that they're not doing it for anyone else's entertainment. They're doing it for their own entertainment and to the side of the law, as opposed to being... Uh, which, uh, weirdly, is also a thing in Squid Game. Like, Squid Game is played out for the entertainment of a wealthy overclass, but it's not generally available to everyone. Whereas, and, and right. nobody knows with Alice in Borderland um, where, who is watching it, if anyone, but there are games, so we presume there's probably an audience somewhere. Although mm. this is just part of the mystery. Um, but yeah, m- most of the time, Fatal Game Show, there is very, it, it's shown as this is what's distracting the masses from, you know, poverty and 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 crime and and the government exploiting them and things like that it's that kind of satire um so i guess the first chief difference in squid game is that uh most of them do this kind of bread and circuses thing sometimes more obviously than not hunger games calling your culture pan m latin for bread mm-hmm. um well, like the, uh... yeah I think I think one of our our uh, fascinations with it is, and why it's so prevalent as a uh, as a uh, winning uh, combination for getting people to watch something, or uh, is it, it's sort of like this fantastical 
but logical endpoint to classism and capitalism. Sort of like the greatest game, uh, hunt, uh, hunting people for sport or watching people kill one another for sport is like in a truly dystopian world that would be the logical endpoint aside from just straight up genocide this one's more like fun and acceptable versus the other horrific one both are horrific but one feels more palatable if that makes sense yeah well the other antecedent i want to just mention is of course uh death race uh both the yeah. roger corman original and the remake uh franchise uh which stretched to three in the traditional mold of one that everybody knows and then two more go oh did they make two more of those like that um <laughs> which they did uh completely different uh leading man uh in matt goss who's oh is it luke goss it's luke goss sorry not matt goss luke goss who is perfectly decent in both of them he's a, he's a fine actor for that kind <laughs> of action role um but yeah but it's just like people it, it's far more like the 80s style of sequel where it's like the first one had a budget and then it gets smaller and smaller as they try and milk more and more money out of it the cars obviously being a big part of why i think it's not seen as the same because it's a race a, a death right. race which is like well that's a very small difference uh you know uh, between that and say the Hunger Games. Uh, th- sorry, did you say you had seen Alice in Borderland, or you haven't watched it yet? I have not seen it yet, but it is on my watch list on Netflix. Uh, but, I mean, what's really interesting about that is that the whole, like I say, who who is doing this, and for what exact purpose is part of the mystery in Alice in Borderland. It's like. Right. Whereas everywhere else, you know who's watching. You do, they, or at least you know. Well, I mean, you know, in Squid Game, they, I think they kind of would guess, and they do have cameras everywhere, and it is all very there, managed. There's a story. Yeah, I mean, in Squid Game, uh, it's they're being watched by the people running, like running the day to day stuff uh, in the games. And then it's the this uh, very prestigious elite group of people uh, of like five multi-billionaires or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we never find out, or we do find out kind of why they do it, but we never find out who they are really. Like, no, it's still I mean... a mystery as to who these guys represent other than the faceless classes of the super rich i i have a feeling that that's almost deliberate on the sense of you know write your own least favorite billionaires of which everyone has a list that covers all the people in the room uh in the vip lounge you know you could just say you know they don't need to be there going uh how's it going richard branson oh it's fine elon musk yeah yeah no problem you having a good time jeff bezos <laughs> you know you don't need to do that put them all in shiny animal masks and you can just write that onto them you know and the fact that yeah they're, they're crass they can't make good jokes they've all got a really banal sense of entertainment or and humor it's great you know, I mean, that is, I mean, it's I really, guess it's is... really well done. Like, they're, like, I mean, truthfully, they're the late, my least favorite part of the uh, movie, but not because I think they didn't do them well, they didn't write them well, I didn't, not because of what they represent, but the, I think the actors were kind of bad, uh, were not right for this show, uh, but I do enjoy, like you just pointed out, the, they're, they're not funny, they're, very crass because they can be uh they're just kind of dull and it's very uh it's very on on point yeah i mean this is the, i mean the, there is and this is this is where we're starting to angle into what i believe is the the magic ingredient for squid game that that uh, sets it apart from all the other uh similar stories uh which exist i i i'll, I'll you know 
and good it's we're making that we've made one point there which is which is definitely going to sort of go along to this so uh i mean i guess that's one thing anyway is that when the game or whatever it is is presented as for the entertainment of the masses then it is the masses that are seen as infantile and kind of moronic and and sort of uh morally bankrupt um like society itself so usually i guess these stories are written by misanthropes which is fine i mean there's nothing wrong with that and and squid game is definitely not not misanthropic but what it says is that the infantile like ridiculous sort of awful ones of the billionaires and that the misanthropy towards your fellow man in the you know in the in the muck with the rest of us it's far more nuanced that you know billionaires are just stupid really they got too much money they don't really exist except as a function of having too much money um yeah. and they just sit, like you know exist to sit around in dressing gowns watching people you know kill each other over hopscotch i mean that's you know just again yeah. i've kind of made but, the point of why i think this is there's this strikes a chord uh again they go to we'll space for lunch because they can yeah exactly exactly it, it, it you know well i mean it is great because they make it makes it's it doesn't level this idea of this kind of like the the amount of money they have is like an anesthetic so yeah i think the first thing that it does right is not present general people being infantile morons only the billionaires and that that's that's a good thing that they've done yeah that because i mean and the thing is it, it would be it would be odd if they presented you know everyday people as these paragons whereas the billionaires were just idiots but it, it does like i say they're misanthropes, but they accord the general populace with some kind of animal cunning or, you know, selfishness, basically. Right. It's almost like the billionaires are too rich to properly be selfish. They've kind of gone through selfish and come out the other end. But uh, regular people, they can be selfish and self-serving and, you know, just bad people. Well, it's like... Uh... It's like how the billi- the billionaires are evil for this because uh, that's just what they are by virtue of existing in this show like they do uh, with the players themselves. A lot of it is either circumstantial causing them to make uh, choices that they would rather they would generally not do in a life or death situation like this. Uh, but their circumstance, their personal circumstances depend on it, or uh, they're just buttholes and they're just yeah. assholes, and uh, <laughs> and that's and and they're up against these people who are generally quote unquote more righteous than them, even the, even if they're on a play, the even playing field, and so they. They gotta take it out on them. There's a there's a lot of levels to the depth of evil on this show. Yeah, I mean this is this is actually is quite a good study of the the nature of evil, which and that is, is again another point where it scores. Because honestly, Hunger Games does do this thing where it's like rich people bad, poor people good, young poor people best of all mostly. You know, like right. if if a young person who's poor does something that's actually bad, and it's because they've taken a wrong choice and they could put it back or whatever it is, they should be given. But if rich people do bad things, it's just because they're rich. And this is for kind of very simplistic, which kind of you could say, well, it's young adult fiction, but it's like, well, you know, Squid Game is just for people to watch. It's just a thing that's on telly. I don't understand why you think that young people need to be, in a sense, talked down to in that manner. Um, right. And for that, you know, for that reason, um, like, Squid Game 
has this thing where it's like there's lots of different ways because i mean uh, series seven is very similar to squid game in the fact that character based i mean it's like what if you had this game show that was basically like uh, people trying to shoot each other you know or just basically off each other funny um and they're all it's just like this massive game of hide and seek with the you know united states of america but that you know you've got to kill the opponents to get to the brass ring as it were right um but the fact is that that's like a character study like it says it's satirical about society and the characters of the characters you in squid game you also have these things where some of the rather more didactic elements of the 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 setup such as as we later found out remember everybody the geeks of the round table so spoilers are allowed the fact that the old guy is also a billionaire but the nature of his corruption being such that he's willing to participate which is why he kind of survives is that he's like a you know properly evil he's not like the other billionaires who wouldn't step foot in the arena themselves he you know when it gets to the end he's like i'm so rich and so bored they put my own life in danger you know just for a laugh just to feel something yeah yeah just just because you know and which puts him on another level which i mean does you know and and you know it presents our main character, our protagonist, with a kind of a real difficult mental moment, which I think we can all share, which is like you think you've seen it all, and then there's this, you know, octogenarian billionaire sociopath who literally, yeah, you know... Yeah, his best friend in the game ended up yeah. becoming the most evil one of them all. Yeah, the, mo- the, the king of moral relativity as it were, um, even after all the other things. And, and you know, the idea, I mean, it, it doesn't, and it doesn't, set, it never settles. It never says, well, that's our big reveal. And then, the, you know, the VIPs, they're not our big reveal either. And the fact that, you know, and, and from the beginning, you know, that his friend that he grew up with, you know, in the neighbourhood, who went off and made good and then turns out, you know, he's not all that he seems uh, in that he is now poor because of embezzlement. It, I mean, in a way, it's almost like that's not even a twist when they tell, oh, he's got no money either and he's going to be in the Squid Game. You know, know that these people have to be this way because of these 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 things. And, and it's, you know, it's definitely genuinely harrowing because, you know, not all of them can get out. And I think it's very important that within the rules that they set out in the Squid Game, it was possible, I think, like if they'd have played like they showed you the squid game at the beginning if there'd been more people left alive then there would have been a winning team who would have split the winnings yep so you know when you see all the people there was all like, yeah there was always a chance for more than one person to survive um and then they cruelly dashed that hope repeatedly <laughs> during the season yeah. so you know it has all, all the all the elements of of drama uh uh, you know, and that's, I think these are all contributing factors, but I think, and this is for me the key thing, when I thought about it afterwards, sets it apart from all of the other similar stories, is that what these people were doing in the Squid Game, childhood playground games from Korea. Yeah. And, 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 Usually, like in Hunger Games, like you could pay people to teach you how to be a really good hunter and how to do it. There's something, you know, adult about the actor. You know, there's it's almost like the Hunger Games used that. It's like children being forced to be, you know, do something, you know, adult to the level of killing other human beings. But like, you know, if somebody says, you know, I'm a hunter, they kind of say it with a badge of pride because they're stupid like that and right. think that, you know, going out killing things for sport is a good idea, which it's, you know, not. But at least they they don't think it's something for kids to do. Uh, and, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Running Man, there's no suggestion. That's a gladiatorial arena, similarly death race. Um, every other time that this story has come up, that the activity... Uh, is places these people's lives on the line matches the, the gravity of the situation. But in this, you have people getting shot out of the uh, through the head because they broke a piece of honeycomb. 
And yeah. I think that was the key thing that really rung everybody's bell is this idea that for some stupid, ridiculous, banal, childish reason, these wealthy people could take your life just like that because you didn't have a choice. And that the things that you were doing were not... I mean, you know, there is a point at which your brain kind of revolts at the, you know, what you're seeing. Like, this isn't really the best spectator sport. I mean, I mean, what's really hilarious yeah. about it that they only put the VIPs in with when they were essentially playing the dullest games. So the VIPs are there watching them like uh, you know, navigating wide bridges made of panes of glass and, and like beating each other up in a playground essentially. If they'd have put the VIPs in when they were playing the traffic light game, there's quite a lot of action and motion in that game. And um, if they'd had people like getting in their faces and recording what they said during the marbles, there's a lot of dramatic tension in that. But they only showed the VIPs watching them do stuff, which is essentially dumb as toast. You know, they didn't even let the VIPs be seen watching the tug of war. Like the two games that the VIPs watched are like, well, this is boring. It's on television. Even though Did people they? are dying, I might switch to something else. They. The, the VIPs didn't watch Tug of War. I don't remember. Well, they no, will have they watched. They will have watched them all remotely. You are, as an audience member, presented right. with them watching live the most dull games. Think about it. You're like this is not great to watch. You know, it's people right. standing around on a bridge shouting at one another, and occasionally one of them falls through. It's not even. It doesn't feel competitive doesn't feel like it could go either way and even with the squid game right. that they play at the end it's two of them in the pissing rain essentially knocking lumps out of each other with their fists in this vast arena it doesn't even and the point is i think it was quite deliberate not to make it feel gladiatorial or to suddenly go you know like a lot of times when you have something like this like thunderdome they think, oh, let's spice things up for the crowd and put some weapons in there or spikes or jets of fire. There's this element of showmanship which is deliberately subtracted from this spectacle. The spectacle is hideously boring by the time you get right. to it. Um, and that is... I, the... And I think like there's a there's a part to that that's like a little, subcon little uh, subtle... In that you said they show them watching the dullest games. Well, they're also the games with the least amount of like bodies hitting the floor because so many people are out by then. Yeah. If if you if they watch the other games remotely, they're more separated from them and probably could stomach watching the mass death a little easier. But then when they're right there, right outside uh the window just watching these right in front of them they're only seeing a handful of people die which is probably more stuff yeah i just yeah so i mean which which would add even another layer of like can't even stand to watch the bother to you know, yeah because he because the people who are putting on the game for them are ha are not only having to stomach watching all of this mass death they have to clean it up they have to cost some of it like it's the honeycomb game uh and the marbles uh in a way even the people putting on the game are uh victims themselves in a sort of way because who knows what that does in their psyche. yeah no well obviously i mean they make it you know and and this is i mean one of the weak points of the series in a sense although in line with its didactic attitude towards what it's trying to present the copper who stows away and goes to see the backstage and then once he's thoroughly right. shown you like all the things that happen backstage to the edge of a cliff and then get shot off by his brother who was here who was the man running you know the man in the the, the most shiniest mask absolutely no one's surprise um right. to the point where when the big reveal came 
no lounge. It was like, come on, get on with it. It's his brother. We know, like that. You know, it's just... the uh, yeah, the cop and then the doctor were my uh, least favorite subplots because they really felt like they went nowhere. Like, yeah, I get what they were meant to like show you as the watch as the viewer. But, like, narratively, they were both dead ends, and I didn't enjoy that very much. Well, no, because the whole point of it is, like I say, it's didactic. Like, they, they wanted to... And then this is a thing. I mean, I've recently uh, listened to the audiobook of uh, Jules Verne's Journey to the Centre of the Earth. Um, and, and okay. in a way, Squid Game is kind of takes the same lead from that. It's a pageant. I mean, the point is, it's called Squid Game, not because, I mean, yes, you, you might get involved with the characters and the characters might be entertaining for you. But they really want to show you the ins and outs of how this thing is supposed to work, which is why they put in two characters who show you bits and pieces of what's going on behind the scenes, because they really need to right. show you those things, too. Um, that's and 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 have no shame at all about it was funny oh. driving these uh it was fun watching these uh uh squares and zeros driving forklifts and dealing with pallets and stuff like that yeah it's, it was it was uh it was yeah it was very good i mean i mean that was the other thing of course is that the um yeah, it was weird. I mean, I understand now. I, I don't. I can't, I can't quite get my head around how the show team didn't go, because like, you can see it's like the circles were obviously the grunts, because they did yeah. all the really rubbish work, and then the triangles were like the next level up, because they usually were armed, and then the squares were like the sergeants, and it's like, well, you've done that because it's like one. And then a three-sided shape, and then a four-sided shape, because there's you know no such thing as a two-sided shape. I actually so like that. Yeah, that. I never, I never realized that, but I like that. Um, but then nobody went. Well, that's very simplistic. Oh, well, they probably did. They went. That's very simplistic on the one hand, so good. But it also looks a lot like PlayStation buttons. Probably someone said that. And said, yeah, but these people are banal. They, they, you've got level one level two which is a three-sided shape and level three which is a four-sided shape and then the shiny mask I'm not going to put any more thought into how to uniforms on than that how to tell people apart that completely right. like the, the guards themselves have been completely dehumanized uh even the contestants have slightly more humanity because we learn the vips are given files of you know all of their history That's personal true. history and stuff like they are meant to be sort of individuals but only in the sense that people in reality tv shows are individuals um whereas the guards are not supposed to be individuals They're, nobody cares who they are or what they are or what they do so you know um it's it's it is yeah, yeah it's it's, it's, it's all uh it's it's all a it's all a systemic game for those in power to take advantage of those who are not and that's i mean that's the core basic uh thing behind this whole show is uh the core concept behind this whole show uh, i think and yeah one, I... Well, and the, one of the ways that uh, they they expose that and that I really really like is actually the very beginning of the show of the show where they all come and play red light green light. Uh, which did you ever play as a kid? Uh, well, in in the UK we call it "What's the Time, Mr. Wolf," um, which when I when what? I first saw it, well, hey, well here we go. When I come to mention this now, red light green light is like everything else in the show very didactic you say green light to go red light to stop blah blah blah, blah. ironically it's something we say as when my son learned to walk he obviously wanted to run everywhere and as he was running down the street away from us we go red light to stop him going too far from us we've kind of stopped that now uh in the light of screen right. game because it seems a bit but yeah so it is very didactic but um and but when i saw it i was like oh well that's not got the charm of what's the time mr wolf which is a game where it's exactly the same sort of thing 
except that um, when the person's back is turned, they are the wolf. Uh, and uh, you say, what's the time, Mr. Wolf? And they say, you know, like, whatever it is, like, three o'clock or four o'clock. And you take many steps of the clock that they take, and you try and make them as big as possible. If you reach the wolf, you can capture him. But at some point, the wolf may turn around, shout, you know, like, tea time, and then he runs after you. If he catches you, you are out, and they continue to be the wolf. And if he catches no one, then he gets replaced as the wolf. He gets sacked from being the wolf. The crap wolf who that can't even like catch a, people. sounds like a cross between red light, green light, and uh, uh, duck, duck, goose. Yes, there's uh, Duck Duck Goose is something I came across a lot later. But what I realise now, describing uh, what's the time, Mr. Wolf, as opposed to red light, green light, is that it sounds far more like something they would play on Summer Isle in The Wicker Man than red light, green light. <laughs> it's got this kind of idea of kids playing this pagan game with a ritual where someone is the wolf. You know? and, and, and I so really on. like it. That sounds so fun. Um, yeah, no, we had we had red light, green light here. Uh, we have we have red light, green light here. We also have tug of war, but uh, to my knowledge, no one here like uh, I- I'm sure kids growing up, uh, Korean kids growing up here in America might have had Squid Game or Honeycombs, uh, but for the general like the general mid. In my area, general Midwest populace, we did not have those kind of games. Well, uh, I think that that is probably a function, weirdly pragmatic functions of culture, such as the honeycomb game originates because we don't have people selling honeycombs from street food. You don't have street food vendors selling right. around honeycombs. We don't have that. And so you cannot make a game out of something that doesn't exist. So it exists purely because of a function of the fact that those were available to the children. And the Squid Game smacks to me of um, like I, I've um, been to when I was in primary school, there was a, a period of time where they would paint things on the asphalt, like a, they would paint like a, a, a rounder stroke softball court on the, the thing. Mm-hmm. And you might not necessarily know what that game is that the painting marks are supposed to denote the area of because it looks a bit weird, like a sort of uh, rounder stroke softball and has like circles at all the corners and a square at one corner and you, you're you a kid and you nobody's explained the rules of that game to you so you're just like, I don't know what that is but you make up a game that fits in the shape yeah. and, and so right. I'm pretty confident that the shape that they have which is the squid isn't there for them to play the squid game, it's there for some other game or pastime that was painted on the floor and then some enterprising kid was like, it looks like a squid and we could play a game where this was a, because it has all these weird like rules that you're like, how did this come about like you have to hop across the like stripe at the top of the squid's head before you can go on two legs and like, all of this stuff that seems to be like, well that's all very handy because you have this shape on the ground that happens to be the right shape to conform to the rules. But I'm doubting that anyone painted that shape for you to do that. So it would be interesting to know what... I would be interested to know what is the squid really for? What game is that supposed to it's be all, It's about? very possible. It's very possible. And I had not given that much thought to it, but... It's very possible. Uh, I haven't done any research into the actual squid game. Well, not only well, not uh, only that, but the fact that he says explicitly, and they show at the beginning, that it's quite a brutal kids game, uh, which does have the idea of like kids came up with this for other kids, kids for kids, and if adults kind that's of true. locked onto that's it, they'd be like, "You're not playing that idiotic game where you knock each other's teeth out over a squid." So you know. That is the other thing that gives you a clue that it's possibly not, you know, possibly not an unauthorized game. Um, so yeah, but, I mean, so... oh, but what my my, my original point yeah. was uh, earlier earlier in the show. First, they start off with the uh, the game in the subway, where they're trying to flip over that like yeah. polygon shaped paper. Um, and 
Uh, when, then they go, they all go and do red light, green light. Uh, after they decide they're going to go to the games, and then they all vote to see if they want to stay or leave, and they leave. And I thought that was, and I, and what is probably the most interesting part of the whole series for me was seeing a lot of their individual uh, struggles that they're dealing with in the world without the game of like the like the game itself is hell and it's terrible to be part of but they're all kind of in it together whereas they go back to the real world and they're all struggling individually and it's sort of a worse hell and that kind of forces them all to go back to this game that was manufactured to make them feel like they all have a chance, but it's really just a big hokey game show for the people who created this system of which they all feel so held down by in their individual lives. They're now sharing that burden for those same people who created that system in an actual game for their lives. It's sort of it's 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 taking uh, the metaphorical life they live in the real world and making it more explicit in the game. Uh, and yeah, I just it, really like that. Well, it's a it's a crystal clear sort of and more subtly realized version of the little the story about the uh, you know there's twenty two biscuits and uh, you know banker gets twenty. He gives two to a poor man, and then he says, "Watch out! That immigrant's trying to steal one of your biscuits." You know, it's that exact right. thing of when you say they're all in it together. What you mean is, you put faces to the people you they have to feel kill like to get they ahead. are, but they're well, no. But exactly. then what they're saying is, like, like if you go out in the world, you can't tell. The, I mean, one of the, I mean, he kind of puts this thing in front of you of like. Hey, you know why society works? Because you can't tell who you have to kill to get ahead. Can't you know? Could be anyone. Right. Could be no one. We don't know. You don't know. But when you're in the Squid Game, it's all the other people you're in with. You kill all of them, you'll be fabulously wealthy. And so, you know, this is part. Of, you know, they have to reckon with the fact that's part of their reasoning for stepping back into it is the fact that it gives them a, you know a very finite list of people they have to off in order to be rich whereas out in the world they've right. got no easy or at least easily identifiable route to the same end or method um i mean yeah so i mean i think all of these things come together uh to what has caught people's imaginations and it's not i mean you know, like everything it's not being universal i have seen the odd person saying oh, i found it boring i'd be interested to know if, yeah. those, if you stepped those people through the reasoning I, that we just put on on show whether they would still agree because I, or whether they would see it freshly because honestly it's one it's like the best things it's not being it's not proselytizing, it's observing. It's trying to be observational. Trying to say, well, if right. this was here, this is how people would probably be forced to react. Or would they? I mean, it's not even saying that, it's saying this is how these people react in that situation. But what, you know, it almost, you know, through the implication of it, what would you do? Um, so, so you know that that I think, and and again, I mean, is this also. I mean, now that I've come through it and we've talked about this, I am like, although it is in concept completely the same as so many dozens of other things, its approach is actually pretty unique. None of the other stories yeah, do these things. Yeah, it's it's different in a way that makes it feel unique, but also uh, it shines it shines a more direct and uh, it shines a more direct light on things that we all know to be true, uh, but there is like there is no real clear to defined good and 
evil in this series other than our main character who is uh, the selfless good man who is trying to just survive his way through and the ultra wealthy uh, old man who befriends him. Uh, well, there is, yeah. I mean, I do think there is some dramatic tension in in the fact that our, our protagonist starts out as flawed as everyone else. And weirdly, you know, trauma forges him into a hero. But the fact is that his big flaw was he could never step up. He never thought he was worthy in the first place. Um, and to the, such an extent that at the beginning of the show he's a complete loser and not only that but sort of a bit dodgy as well and very trustworthy and right. a liar and he learns, the things that he learns during his time in Squid Game is that you have to be you know, if you want to survive you cannot be a weasel Like it seems like that's a really good way to go when you're outside but in these life and death stages, in order to get your friends, get people around you who, where trust is low, have to be a little bit more uh, front and honest. And he finds that. What's really interesting is that even by the end, he still can't see it. He still doesn't understand that he has become, a, you know, a better person objectively to the world. Like, like he's become a better person for it, but also like, but I think, and it's, it's perfectly fair to say, well, what's the price of that? What's the price of me having learned to be a better person? Because it was flipping awful, right. and I hated it. And and it also changes, it colours the way that he sees everyone else in the world. You know, the world just being a big squid game where people are grubbing around after money. He's meeting with the bank managers. He says, well, you're one of the most fabulously wealthy people, you know, in in Seoul. And, and his not being interested in his money and then puzzled that he's not interested in spending his money or doing anything with it or just living. Yeah. Like, why would that be? And he's like, I've seen things, man. And you're like, wow, okay, you're screwed up. And then at the end, you know, he basically, he's going to get on the plane and he's going to go and then he goes, no, actually, I'm now going to choose to be, you know, a good man and I'm going to put that in people's faces and you're wondering how that's going to work out, you know, in season two. Not that the person who created the Squid Game show I really thought there would be a season two. He's just like, here's a thing, I'll leave now. And they went, no, it's become the most popular thing on Netflix ever. You now have to make a season two. He's gone, well, shucks. <laughs> I guess I better think about what to put in it then. Yeah, I'm very curious. Are, do we know if they're going to have season two? There is no, there's no way that they can't. That's thing i think that there was a possibility if you'd have been a moderate success if it had gone yeah well i mean the, the director instead said stay quite explicitly i did this as a thing and I just thought, well, this will be it. I mean, I think that when you write, you can be forgiven for being all like, oh, yeah, nobody will want to watch any more of this. Do you know? And he, yeah. he's now been completely... What I said, when well, nobody saw this coming. And he's been completely upended by it because now he cannot not second season because it's like been the most popular Netflix show in the history of Netflix. And it's like, well, there we go. Yeah. That's it. You, you, you trapped it. You painted it to a corner now. You have to continue the story. He's like, oh, all right, okay. I'll I, some careful I really hope they don't force him to make one, but if they do, I'm curious what he'll do. Oh, he's already agreed. Okay. He's already said he's oh, going to do it now because he kind of has to. Um, and I think, honestly, as long as he sticks to the principles that he had in the first show, or that the team, you know, stick to the principles they had in the first time, just not just, you know, you can be as didactic as you like, but don't be arbitrary about how people do things or react to things, or whether you're going to kill a character right. or not, or, you know, all of that kind of stuff, then that's absolutely fine. I mean, they even got away with a few things, like, you know, the dead end plot lines with the 
doctor and the, the, the police officer even you know they 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 made off with things that technically weren't the best thing to do narratively uh you know so i, I think it's absolutely fine they, they'd probably be okay as long as they as long as they bear that in mind um so there we go there's the yeah the squid game which uh you know, like I say what I've learned tonight by talking this over, apart from you know the fact that I'm more convinced than ever that it's not an accident that this has been more popular than all the other Fatal Game Show shows. But the other thing that I've learned is that um, some British playground games sound disturbingly shady when you describe them to <laughs> other people who are not familiar with them. Um, when you I just thought, love oh. their werewolf game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is uh, a dark and pagan playground game. Uh, your thoughts, final thoughts on on discussing the Squid Games? Um, it's not a perfect show, but overall, I really enjoyed it. I like more or less all of the characters. Uh, I enjoyed what it had to say about society. I find these kind of brutal game show, uh, brutal. Uh, game show style dramas to be utterly fascinating and that will probably never change uh and yeah i i i could easily recommend it and i see why it has become so popular uh and i'm curious to see what they do for season yeah i mean uh, you've got of course the delight of Alice in Borderland season one uh, to come up. Well, that is going to be a multi-season. I should set you up for that. I thought it was going to be a, a limited series because it is based okay. off a it is based off a, a, a manga, but uh, not all at once. It's like the third of the manga right. or a half of the manga. I don't know. Not the whole thing anyway. I say, I'm, to midpoint. I'm surprised we've only ever gotten the uh, battle royale, the two battle royale movies, because especially what 20 years removed from those films uh i could while there is the like the one battle royale novel there is a really long really long battle royale manga that they could adapt into a tv show multi-season tv show if they wanted and i'm surprised we haven't gotten well who knows it might be being talked about right now seeing as the squid game's blown up i mean what happened with alice in borderland for example they pushed that and pushed that around new year hence me watching it in the top 10 for the uk for a bit then it obviously sloped off as other things came in and squid game came back in and after squid game had been at number one like three weeks solid alice in borderland started to creep back up because people who'd been watching that started to hear oh you should watch this other thing alice in borderland so like the effect of Squid Game is that they are now, oh yeah, Fatal Game Show series is they'll be good. So, uh, um, but we we of course are not going to stick I around. I, yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Uh, we are not going to stick around that area of expertise. We've got two more shows left in the season. Uh, in a in a leap forward, um, I think it's probably a function of the fact that at the beginning of Geeks of the Round Table. There wasn't that much going on, and now, dare I say it, we might even risk there being a little bit too much. I mean, we haven't done a show on Dune. Have you even seen Dune yet? No, I have not, but uh, we can. I can certainly try to fit it in if we want to do something for it. No, it's fine. I've got, I, I think, to be fair, um, I think everyone, unlike Squid Game, which everybody did memes of and were like, have you watched Squid Game? I don't think there's many, many people joying about it, but people have been talking about Dune for 40 years. There's much we really need to add. I did see Eternals, though. It's pretty good. Well, there we go. Eternals. I haven't seen that yet. I'm going to see it sometime this week. Um, okay. I, I'm interested. I've, I've been aware of all the thing about, ooh, lowest Rotten Tomato score and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I can't. I think it's just, I mean, it was blaring out from the screen. This is going to be a tricky movie, so I'm expecting it to be tricky. Um, I'm curious what you're going to think. I liked it, but I'm curious Um, what you'll think of it. 
yeah so i'm gonna see that uh obviously we've got hawkeye coming up soon we've uh got star wars Look visions to talk about in the last show this is have you watched actually watched star wars visions yet have you watched any of star wars visions? i'm gonna i'm actually start i'm gonna be starting it this week uh you uh, I, I have it done in time I have now. Well, yes, you can because it's really not that hard to watch. Uh, if you, in fact, yeah. it's not that hard to watch in the fact that it's not very long. It's like 20, 25 minute episodes, and there's nine of them. Yeah, and I'll it's have also it by the end of the week. Yeah, it's break. also not that hard to watch because most of it's flipping fantastic. So you know, it, it, right? It, 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 it is the superior animate Disney Plus original animated series of the year. Uh, I would say trumping both the Bad Batch and What If, and yet it is the one that I think nobody's what I'm, talking about. I was I think what I'm very afraid of is I'm going to love it too much, and then everything I see of Star Wars from now after after I come out the other side is going to be really dull because I've gotten a taste of what this of what this franchise could be if they just let it get freaking weird. I would say I would say that um, it certainly um, allows. I think what it does is it breathes a different life and a way of looking at Mando, certain, which and and that's fine okay. because if we think of the Mando and the upcoming book of Boba Fett, which I'm pretty confident is going to be okay as the future of Star Wars, and most other things as being the past of Star Wars, then Visions kind of says, do you know what? Be, it could be a bit more more in this direction uh, maybe not totally in this direction because it does essentially turn Star Wars into a samurai epic far more explicitly than the stuff which is just where it's implied you know we've taken a lot of inspiration from samurai fiction right. for Star Wars and this really is like what if it just was um and and the fact is that i will say suffer for that sorry yeah no carry on oh no it's just a random thought i just had of like it will be interesting that with book of boba fett existing we will have two modern mandalorian shows without characters who are actual mandalorians themselves uh yeah there is yeah so i mean yeah so i mean yeah when we started uh, to get back to the star girl point we were kind of like well let's you know chop this up and take a deep dive into the series and i don't think i think to be fair if there was a series you were going to deep dive per episode in uh but not all not all series is suitable to it and i, I actually because i just watched um they just put American Horror Story 1984 on Disney Plus, and there's a series oh. you could do uh, every episode. They kind of got whiplash from the plot developments per episode series. Whereas right. I feel that Stargirl was more of a sort of cohesive. We're gonna do this, and so an individual episode was kind of puzzling. And indeed, I think our shows have reflected that. Uh, so anyway, the point is, yeah. basically next week, we're going from episode nine all the way to the end because we've both watched all the way to the end of the season now. Uh, so that's going to be uh, uh, finishing off Stargirl season two in a big rush. But I, th- I mean, the, pro- the thing about it is, for me anyway, I think it'll, from I think episode fine, 10 yeah. through 13, it is basically all one thread. I mean, really, the Long last episode, yeah. series is has its upsides and its downsides um but we should be able to discuss oh, yeah. that next week do you yeah. still call individual season series still uh we call oh, oh we call them seasons now has become the thing. okay like the whole thing is a series like from end to end right like all the seasons gather like I was first introduced to this with Doctor Who, but I've noticed with other UK shows of like, uh, or British shows of like, the whole thing's a series, but also each individual season is a series. And I always yeah, find no, it funny that you all do that. We've dropped that totally in the UK now. Like even Do- you know, Doctor Who's just sort of kind of started up again, uh, which is another thing right. that we could have been geeking of the round table about. Uh, I mean, this is this is what I'm saying. I think uh, it's it's fair to say uh, that when we come to our Star Wars Visions episode and maybe the wrap up on that on the season of Roundtable, 
there will be uh, changes to the format for season two, as indeed there are going to be changes over at uh, Revenge of the Eighties Kids, uh, right? Following our last season, um, but I think it's probably best to leave that discussion until the point where it comes up. So uh, yeah, that was the Squid Game. Uh, we managed to discuss the Squid Game, and both of us managed to survive. So now our gigantic Perspex piggy bank has no money in it, but we both get to go home breathing. So I, I call that an upside. Um, and we'll I, I call back. it a win, yeah. Yeah, and we'll be back to contend with uh, the Fisher Price it end of uh, Star Girl season two. Is that fair? Calling Eclipso Fisher Price it? possibly i don't know uh i don't know i i i think i liked him i think no fisher price apocalypse yeah well we did that yeah we did that so there we go because there's a lot about him that i want to talk about because he reminds me of many different villains and there's one that i want to discuss that is a bit of a stretch but they're very similar so well we'll talk to leave people in a state of mystery about that one, I think that's a good place to end. So until we have that all-important Stargirl wrap-up discussion, I think it is time to say farewell. All right. Bye-bye. Today's show contained portions of audio taken from Bandcamp artists and used under a Creative Commons license. They are entropyaudio.bandcamp.com and leerosevere.bandcamp.com.